Thanks for being here. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well at this time. I'm gonna just put my headset on because I can hear clanging in the kitchen and it's a little distracting. All right, so can you hear me well? Probably better. Yeah, great. Awesome, so we're here for session three. Um, today is all about pulling forward a core message that helps us anchor and cohere our work in the world. I'm going to speak a little bit more about that. Um, and also an exploration around what is the initiatory threshold um, or the, the gateway. <laughs> The, the work of the work for us at this time um, that we're facing when it comes to our work. So um, structurally, we are going to do what we've done for the first couple of sessions, which I'm going to teach and guide, and we'll move through the practices together. And then there'll be time at the end for Q&A. Um, we have our Facebook group as you all know, I think. So you're welcome to come and commune with us there. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. We have um, a post for each session so that our conversations can sort of stay all in the same place. So feel free to come over there and um, be part of the conversation around session three. And also if stuff is coming up for you, um, and also this is for anybody listening to the recording, if stuff is present for you still from like the, one of the first two sessions, like come on over to that conversation thread and we can talk about it there. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about how um, I see a lot of messaging work being done. And I want to say like, there's a lot of excellent, extraordinary messaging work that people do. In fact, somebody on this call right now, Kelsey, <laughs> does that work with people. Um, and so I just, there are processes for doing messaging work in your business that can be really generative and really nourishing and really, um, honoring of who you are as a creator and the people that you are creating for and what you're creating for them um, and why that matters. And uh, so this is not me like trashing all messaging work. But what I want to say is that in the vein of what we might call like bro marketing or conventional marketing, a lot of um, focus in messaging is around, all right, what do you do? It seems very practical, right? What is the work that you're doing? Who are you doing it for? And now let's get like this very granular analysis on like about those people. Like, what do they like? What do they want? What do they want to hear? What are their, you know, interests? Like basically how do we make sure that like you're saying things in a very particular way, just so that those people can hear you and it makes sense on a level, but what I notice is that it's entirely or almost entirely other focused. So it's focused on like what we think the other person or our clients or prospective clients or whoever want out of us, what they want to hear out of us. 
And I think one of the things that that can create when we're so focused in that direction is this constant like anxiety concern that we're not saying it right, that we have to figure out how to like say it right, angle things in a particular way to get what we want from people. And I, I think like a great analogy for why I think this stinks other than I just think it's, you know, a horrible feeling to constantly be like questioning, like, how do I say things perfectly? Um, If anyone has ever had the experience of like walking on eggshells around people, it's like, it's a terrible feeling. It's a really terrible feeling. And so I think about like, imagine if every artist or every speaker was focused on like, just, I'm just going to create the art that I think you want exactly how you want it. I'm going to say the thing that I think you want to hear exactly how I think you want to hear it. We would basically never have art. <laughs> you know what I mean? We would never have fresh ideas or fresh perspectives or, or callings into, you know, new territory or, um, yeah, new ways of, of perceiving or considering things. And so I'm just deeply grateful to artists and thinkers who are sourcing from a different place than just let me make what you I think you want and let me say things in a way that I think you want to hear them. And so I think that excellent messaging when it comes to our work lives somewhere in the middle of like deep personal expression and also humanizing because they're humans that we're speaking to, unless you're marketing to other than humans, which is unlikely because they're not engaged in commerce. So if we're speaking to humans, (laughs) um, then it's also like, who are those people? And now let me, you know, speak to them. If I'm going to, if I'm going to, you know, explain how to tie shoelaces, I'm going to say it differently to, uh, you know, I don't know, my partner, then I would my six-year-old, then I would someone else maybe. So it's the bridging of both. But today, what I really want to do is actually shift focus to what is the thing that really anchors for us, even if no one else hears it ever. The language that helps us to anchor into what is my work about or what am I here for? Like, what am I deeply about in my work? So when I say message, what I want to offer is just this like very, it's for me experience today. Because I think that for a lot of us, maybe most of us, that other experience that, that I described, which is being totally other focused and like, how do I say the thing so that I can get what I want? So blah, 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 blah. I, I want to just give us a chance to swing that pendulum all the way to like, what resonates for me? What helps me remember right here? Um, how, what helps me feel anchored? What helps me feel clear? So as we're going through these practices, I really want to invite everyone to let go of seeking marketable language, to let go of whether or not this would make sense to other people. It literally doesn't matter for the purposes of our exercise today. I'm not saying that that doesn't matter when it comes to marketing. It does matter that other people understand 
what we're saying or that we're creating some sort of resonance, not just within ourselves, but that there's like a call and response, right? Because it's a relationship, it's a conversation. But I'm saying for our purposes today, we're going to be entirely self-focused in the sense of what resonates for me, what anchors me, what helps me remember right here. What are the words that land me back into my knowing of what my work is about, what I'm about? Um, So as we go through, I'm going to ask, I'm going to give us a lot of prompts. And um, to the best of your ability, if you can unhook, practice unhooking from where is this all going and practice unhooking from how to make it marketable or make it make sense to anyone else, right? And that might be a little bit of a practice for all of us. I know for myself, as I'm doing these kind of things, I have to like reel myself in from time to time when I start to wander to like, wait, but what does this have to do with the, 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 and <laughs> you know, they're like overly strategic, clever brain. All right. So any questions about that framing before we begin? I'm going to give everyone a chance to get your journal out if you don't already have that. You can take notes on a computer. And I highly recommend actually writing with, you know, pen and paper at this time. Um, For a lot of reasons, but, you know, just we connect to our words in a different way. And you can always translate it onto the computer later. All right. So I'm going to imagine that like we can have like a big whiteboard out in front of us and we, let's just place on it, you know, all of the notions of, of marketing and messaging and proper ways to explain ourselves and all of that stuff, like just project it all onto the whiteboard for a moment. What our work is, who we work with, how we work, like we can just project all of that onto the whiteboard screen and then just erase it. Just for this moment, you can actually do that in your mind's eye if it's helpful. Like we're not, we don't need to use any of those reference points. So just taking a moment and really clearing away the screen so that you can explore these questions from just like what bubbles up for you as I bring them. So the first question that I want to bring in is really simply like what's a vision for our world that you can get behind? Like, I would like to see the world, what? And I just want to say, when I say you can get behind, um, again, I don't just mean about your work. But what I mean is it's a vision for the world that inspires you, but also some that's believable enough to you. I'm not asking for you to be like, you know, construct a vision that that you actually can't believe in. But what is both believable and inspiring to you? What's a vision for the world? So you can just sit with it and 
see it in your mind's eye, or you can take a minute and just write a few little notes. that pull together that vision for you. Just taking a moment there. Just the high level, like the big things that come forward for you. We'll just take another minute here. Just getting the essence of it is perfect. All right, just finishing the bullet point or the sentence or note that you're on. All right, so again, just clear slate, no reference points for anything. See what sparks with the question. If you had a magic wand and you had one thing that you could grant to the world, right? I can give one gift to this world. What would it be? And as an extension of this question, right? why, why is this important? Some people are like love or peace or whatever. Why? What's important about this? What happens if the world has this gift?
And if anyone's getting stumped here, just imagine that there's the magic genie and the magic genie is like, come on, you got to choose. What's your gift? <laughs> just go with it. What's there? <laughs> Doesn't have to make sense. And what happens if the world has this? Why is this important? I'll give you a couple minutes here. Another minute here for anyone who needs it. Okay. So if you could sort of orient your own personal efforts around getting this particular gift into the hands of one group of people or one population, right? Not to say that others can't have it, but your efforts, you're on the team that gets that gift into the hands of one population. Who do you choose? So when I say one population, I mean like maybe you're like, it, I want to get this in the hands of women or I want to get this in the hands of moms or I want to get this in the hands of teenagers. So who do you choose? And, and why do you choose them? Why are you on that team? And when I say why, what I mean is um, what's important about them having it.
Give another half a minute here. So the next question that I have is if this group is getting this gift, this group of folks, you're in charge of getting this gift into their hands. Is there a particular like nuance experience that you want them to have? And I'll give you an example as a way of receiving that gift. So for example, maybe you were like, I wanna give love, love is the gift. That's the, if I could wave a magic wand, everybody would experience love. Okay, I wanna get this in the hands of women. I want them to experience love. Now I wanna know like, is there a way? Do you mean romantic love, self-love, deep connection with nature? Um, so I'm going to leave this a little bit open-ended, but like, is there a, is there a way, an experience, something that you would love them to have to offer them that might help transmit that gift or a unique way of experiencing that gift? I'm in the chat if you have questions. And if you get particularly heady, see if you can just listen in a deeper way.
And we're going to loop this inquiry all the way back around to that vision for the world that you started with. If these folks get this gift in this way, how does that deeply serve the collective? We'll take another minute here. If anyone's getting heady about like, what does this have to do with my work? How does it all connect? Just <laughs> feel free to shake that one off. All right. So I'm curious for everyone to do a little bit of writing on how this relates to your own life. Like what has been some of your journey, your stories, your experience around this thing that you've been writing about, around this gift, around receiving it in this way, around, in other words, like, why does this matter to you? Like what, what's, what's your personal experience around this? Just out of curiosity. So write down, take note. Why is this personal to you?
And then just take another minute here. We're not going to have time to write your whole life story, but just some, some threads, even a thread. All right. So I'm going to all to take a minute to just get on our feet. If you feel you can do so, if you want to stay in your seat, you can. Um, but just to like get our bodies moving. I'm not going to play music or anything, but just to take a minute and like shake off any debris that you might be carrying around right now. If your head has gotten a little serious, if you've gotten a little serious, you want, might want to do a little bit of silly movement, playful movement, like, you know, it's just not all, not all so serious. Even as we're exploring messaging, like, and finding this message that, you know, oh, it anchors and coheres our work in the world that we can also be like, it can change. It's okay. It's all part of the emergent field. <sighs> so in a way, just slowing it down and noticing if there's any tension that you've been carrying. especially in your face or your hip, your, your face and your hips and your jaw. And just giving yourself a moment of maybe massage or just gentle touch. Just acknowledging that sometimes these inquiries can feel really um, really heady, really heavy, um, because for so many of us, our work is how we get money, and that's how we survive. It's security, it's stability, so it's really understandable. So just being gentle with ourselves here. Seeing if we can just be little more soft with ourselves, a little more open, a little more curious. Yes, it matters to us. And also, it's okay if it changes. It's okay to let it be emergent. Okay. 
All right. So we're going to explore just like a first pass at this core message. And again, it's for us. This isn't about something being marketable. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. It's just like, what helps me remember? What's, if I could put words to this thing that really matters to me. And again, it can change. It can shift over time. We're just going to explore the first pass here. And I'm going to share my screen. Give me one moment. All right, can you all see my screen? Yeah, cool. So just this part right here. So considering everything you just wrote, right? The gift you said you'd like to give, who you said you'd like to give it to, there was maybe some context. There's a couple of writing prompts here, right? So when, who, like what, group when who does what in what way or experiences what in what way what good thing happens or just said in reverse like what good thing happens for our world when who does or experiences what in what way so going to give you a few minutes to just explore writing along that prompt. And just see what you get from what you've already written so far, but pulling it into this framework. By the way, you can toss these frameworks if you have a, a different way that you want to orient it.
and feel free to like write write down write it down like in two ways or six different ways like are there different ways to say it that feel closer to like um an anchoring truth for you Yeah, so, so Janelle said, I'm finding the ways I'm describing it feeling kind of boring. It's like, okay, maybe just play with the words a little bit. Are there different words that ping for you? Because if you're bored, it's probably not going to be the like, here is a reason to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but if there, there can be something that feels like a deeper resonant. Mm. Yeah. that puts a fire in my belly or that feels like something that I'm a deep yes for. Again, this is our shitty first draft. We're just taking, taking some passes here. So I'll give you an example. Um, so for me, when women come together in council and cultivate a deep sense of belonging, the clarity that we get from that space can deeply serve the world. gift for me that I wanted to give the world was belonging. And I was like, oh, can I get that into the hands of women? And then through what avenue and what came to me spontaneously was counsel. And then it's like, oh, if women come together and counsel, cultivate deep belonging, it's better for all of us. And then I just needed to play with the language that felt more mm, tasty to me. We'll take a couple more minutes here. We're just like, really, I want to encourage like shitty first drafting it, like getting in the world of it, getting in the, in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm just going to stop the share for a moment. And I would love actually to just hear some folks examples. So if you want to 
raise your hand um, so we can kind of hear what you're working with um, or type it into the chat. You're welcome to do. I'm happy to. And feel free to be like wordy with it. Kelsey, may I read yours? Yeah. So Kelsey said, um, as a starting off point, right? When women honor their inherent brilliance and true desires, they create the energy and capacity within themselves to thrive, tend the earth and cultivate community. Beautiful, thank you. Gabriella. Hi. Hi. Um, I wrote the gift is a deep, deep respect between all beings. Mm. That is the gift. And um, the who is women uh, from uh, um, girls to elder women of all the universe uh, of women. And, but I get confused in the message because I didn't, I get confused between, in this sense, it's the respect between women, that is, that is the change, is, is the women uh, teaching respect, um, is women feeling respected, <laughs> that is the change, so I can have a lot of possibilities uh, so my message I have good messages but I, I don't get one that is uh, how can I play with respect in a way yeah. that yeah yeah that's um, sharing. so you can include all of it for now right you could include when women um, feel respected and also respect themselves and one another, then, you know, what is the change that that brings about? Or what is the beauty that that brings forward? So you can include it all if you're like still sitting with, it doesn't have to be even refined beyond that. If when you sit with that, it feels like, oh, I want to be part, I want my work to be a part of that, right? Yeah, does that make sense? Yes, okay. thank you. I also include respect, uh, uh, self-respect. Yeah, yeah. It's come. It's like another branch of respect. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So and now I include it all. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be overly narrow. Yeah, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm confronted. <laughs> Um, so what came up, uh, my gift was also belonging, um, and the way to experience that was, um, through learning to be held and hold sacred space. Mm. And, um, what came to me was like maybe retreats or circles or something like that. Mm -hmm. And... That's already 
there's something about that for me. But then um, who I wanted to give it to was um, somewhere in the realm of parents or expecting parents. Mm. Um, and I have a bunch of stuff about that, but that's, and the reason is, um, I'm just gonna say it in an ugly, uneloquent way. So that the next generation that we're raising can spend a whole lot, lot less time on learning uh, and healing and a lot more time being and creating and rebuilding things that actually work. Thank you for sharing. I'm curious what part is feeling confronting or what parts are feeling or aspects are feeling confronting for you? Um, mainly that I am not a parent mm -hmm. yet, and I mean, I hope to be a parent, um, but there's no guarantees, mm -hmm. and um, also just that it's very deeply personal, and I have concerns about, like, being visible, talking about parenting, mm -hmm. and how my family might feel about that. Oh, yeah. And you. yeah, and I, I don't have like, I'm not like harboring anything like they should have been better. They did as well as they could with the tools that they had. Mm -hmm. um, but they are also very concerned with how they're perceived by others. Yeah, I'm hearing that maybe for now you can pull out the parts about like retreats or like the the very super specific how, because I'm hearing like belonging and then through like learning to hold space, having space held for us, learning to hold space. That's like a really beautiful how. And then this like, oh, something about parents feels really powerful to like get that in the hands of parents. Yeah. And I want to say like, I know we're, some of us are starting to connect dots or get curious about like our work, our existing work, how does this change our work and that whole thing, which I honor, you know, I think it's a natural place that we want to go with it. And so it's like, maybe giving ourselves a little time to just sit with what's emerged, especially if there's a newness to it, like just to bring some curiosity. Like it also doesn't matter, mean that anyone has to change their entire nature of their work overnight, but it could be like, huh, maybe five years from now, you're like, whoa, I am specifically working with parents, but maybe now you're like, wow, I'm really doing this. I'm opening up into doing this belonging work. Wow, maybe I'm gonna do it with caregivers in school who knows how it wants to take form but just to know like the specific like how we'll see with that one we can you know that can be in the mystery or maybe it's already here thanks for sharing yeah any anyone else liberating the minds and souls of women to build a new way of being that honors everyone's gifts and brings more voices into the fold. 
So leadership is more equal, the structure changes to be more just and equitable for all. Yeah, beautiful. Janelle, hey. Hey, I feel, I'm just gonna share my answer to the first question, what's the vision? Mm. <laughs> Excuse me, cause it's, it's still feels like the most interesting evocative one. Um, a world where neighbors can flow back and forth, meeting in the middle ground in the summertime, in backyards and gardens and parks, to share meals, music, news, and stories, to melt into sunshine and joyful children's voices and laughter, everyone at their own pace, everyone contributing and everyone at ease. Beautiful. I want it. I hope you win. <laughs> and I couldn't help but notice the stories in that stories, sharing stories, and just thinking about you and your work. Thank you. Priyanka. Yeah, Nisha. So English is my second language. So I, my vocabulary is not too big. <laughs> so I always struggle with words. Um, You're clear to me. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so what I have written here, uh, when gifted, soul-driven, impact-driven women entrepreneurs go from traditional way of scaling mm. to an intentional, hustle-free, embodied uh, leadership, they build an empire, which is thriving and creating a culture and legacy of ease, compassion, and love without judgment. I don't know. I, I said a lot of things there, but I think it's too much. <laughs> it's okay if it's too much too, and you can stay sitting with it and curious about it. Like I think having more to work with for those who have like a real wordy thing sitting in front of you is okay. It's like totally fine to sit with it and be like, are there, and something that I find really helpful is to notice, are there parts of this that I'm, I'm trying to pull something from the past into it and put it in? Is there something that just wants to fall away that allows for more simplicity of what this is really, what I'm really for? Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I want to say is sometimes the, the, the message feels a lot broader or bigger than our specific work in the world. Mm. Um, and that's okay. Cause it's just for us. Like okay. I get to know that my bigger, broader message is also like could be extended into so many different, it's a thing that I believe in. And yeah, I can do lots of different stuff because I believe in that thing. It doesn't bond, it, it doesn't keep what I do bound. It actually liberates what I do. I can do lots of different things because this thing I hold dear and true. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So stay with it. And also we get to play with these in Facebook group together and explore like where things are crunchy and sticky. Um, Okay, let me see, chat. T 
teachers, activists, parents, and other humans nourish our capacity to cultivate healing relationships with ourselves, with each other, with nature, with life, we become more able to create a truly nourishing future for ourselves and our children. Mm. Cultivating, nourishing our capacity to cultivate healing relationships. Beautiful, thank you. Megan, a passing down of wisdom happens when curious women share what they have learned with the world. Love that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, anyone else want to share either in voice or in chat? So um, we're going to keep going and we'll take another look back at this in a little bit. Um, all right. So just putting all of that aside for a moment, actually, because we're going to shift into something different and then we'll come back and look at these words. Um, So some folks might have heard the phrase, you teach what you need to learn. Have a like, yeah, and like, <laughs> yes, and maybe, hmm, sometimes. Um, what, what feels really true to me is um, the vision that we're here for and the work that we're here for is also working us. It's also growing us up. Like there is a way that if we have a calling in order to follow that calling, there's going to be a lot of personal work that we work through in the process. Um, you know, anyone here who has uh, been a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, in order to parent you, I have to parent myself. I have to grow up every day. I'm confronted with my stuff. There's always new edges. Anyone who has um, done creative work probably has this experience of like, oh, I start creating and now, oh, I'm up against all of my edges. And what are my parents going to think if they read this book? And can I really write this book? I'm going to have to confront my relationship with my parents and all of my stuff around it. Like, you know, I could go on and on. Um, it's just, you know, being, being engaged with our work. If we're not just like talking pieces, talking from like, uh, preaching, but actually embodying that's, that's work It's work. Um, so I love this, um, line. My message is also my medicine. It's the thing that I am weaving into the world is also the thing that I am receiving. I am, I need to take the medicine as much as I am doling it out, maybe twice as much. And um, 
So I want to explore um, with all of you now what the threshold is that you're at. And so when I say threshold, what I mean is this, right? There's our emergent work, like either the work that you're already doing or a new expression of the work, a new offering, like there's your emergent work, right? That is why you're here, clearly. <laughs> we signed up to explore what that thing is and how it's calling us and how we meet the call and all of this. So there's this emergent work. And in order to actually say yes to it, not just intellectually, but like mind, body, spirit, like to really say yes to it, there is some generally some threshold that we have to cross, right? There is work that is required in order to evolve into and embody the person who can hold that work. So there is work for us to do right here with ourselves in order to evolve into and embody the person who can hold that work. So I want to explore what that is for each of us right now. So we're going to do one of my favorite exercises, practices. Um, and we're just going to put everything that we just did aside for the moment. And how do I want to frame this, this exercise? So this is something, this is an adaptation of something I learned from a dear teacher of mine, Elaine Kalila Doughty. Um, and it's an exploration of our sacred medicine at this time. I'm not talking about, and we're not orienting around like what I'm here to teach to the world, what I'm here to give to the world, but like, what's my medicine? Like the medicine I need to take. <laughs> There is probably some symmetry between the medicine you're here to take at this moment and the medicine you're here to give. And we'll get to that. Right now, I'm interested in like, what is the, what is the threshold that I am at? What is the medicine that I need in this moment? Is this making sense to everybody just as a, as a question? Great. So... So in a moment, I'll share my screen and I'll share the questions and I'm just going to tell them to you right now, but you don't have to remember them. So what we're asking essentially is some version of what does answering my calling require of me at this time? You know, said another way, what is the threshold I am standing at with my work? said another way, what is my sacred medicine at this time, right? So this is the world of the questions. You can sort of take what works for you. I'll put them up on the screen in just a moment, but I'm going to tell you what the practice is that we're going to do. And it's a really like out of your meaning making out of your mind and into a like deeper way of listening, right? That's the kind of practice that we're going to do. So. And let me just have a look at, okay, great. I'm just paying attention to time. So we're going to spend somewhere between five and 10 minutes on this. Let's see how we do. 
and I'm going to put uh, the questions up on the screen. And then what I want you to do is sit with the question, just with the question. And then you can do one of two things or both. If you have um, cards like Oracle cards, some people work with Oracle cards, you can go to a deck or a couple of decks and you could pull a couple of cards for yourself. Or you can do one of my favorite things, which is to use my entire physical space as a living Oracle. And I'm going to sit with the question. And then I'm just going to sort of stand up and notice what in my physical space I'm drawn to and just pull a few things back and place them in front of me. And I'm going to see like what in response to this question, right? What does my calling, what does answering my calling require of me at this time, right? In response to these questions, what wisdom is emerging? What clarity is emerging? So I want to say something really important here. If you want to go like read the card, the, the mess, if you pull a card and you want to read the thing, go for it. What I'm actually more, more interested in though, is you making your own sense of your own discernment of what the message is. Like how, when you look at that, what do you receive? So I'm going to give you an example because I did this for myself yesterday. And these were my cards. Harmonize, sovereignty, and the desert, and it's this hand. And the first thing I saw when I saw all of these was like um, individual. Like that was what came to me. I was like, oh, this is like a personal, individual experience. I don't know that that's what any of these things mean. It's just what came to me as I sat with the cards. And that was clicked in for me. Like, oh, the medicine for me of this time is orienting around like, what is it that I need? What works for me? Trusting myself, trusting my own medicine that's coming through, like a deep um, inclusion of myself. And, you know, to expand on this, I can say like how this really relates to me in my life is that um, as a small child, my parents divorced and I was incredibly oriented around my the needs, what needs I perceived of my parents, how to make them happy, how to make sure they had their needs met. Like completely developmentally inappropriate for a three-year-old to be worrying about their parents and their parents' well-being and their parents' needs. And, and so I have like four decades plus of embodied practice of not having awareness of my own needs, not orienting around my own needs, taking in and observing and discerning and guessing and sensing into the needs of everyone else and then, and then responding to that instead of a deeper slowing down and listening to what's right here and honoring of what's right here. So that's my medicine right now in my life and has been for a few years, but clearly I'm not done getting the message <laughs> still working with me. So I just wanted to give you that example of like, I didn't have to read all the cards. 
what it was, was just sitting with this and noticing what I noticed. So again, the most important thing is sitting with the questions and um, you can use cards. You can go gather objects from your space. And let me go ahead and share my screen. One moment. One second here. Okay, there you are. So let's all take a moment and just land into yourself. And we're just going to ask life, ask our own souls. Ask the wisdom of our own bodies. Ask the ancestors, your wise guides, to just guide you into a deep understanding of what your sacred medicine is at this time. What does answering your calling require of you at this time? So take a moment. If wisdom is already emerging, that's great. And you can go ahead, gather items, gather cards if you want. And we'll take some minutes here.
anyone wants to share in the chat, you're welcome to. I also want to say sometimes um, we pull the things and then get heady. And if that's happening, I would just say like, do you already know what you need? <laughs> sometimes we're like, oh, I already know what what's up for me right now. Like what edge I'm standing at, um, what the threshold is. If not, it's it's cool, but like, just to explore if there's already a sense of knowing. All right, how are we all doing? Mine came right away and I pulled a card and it aligned and my mind wanted to keep trying to get more, but it's just clear to have faith and not question it. 
Yeah, anyone else want to share? Hold a card from three different decks. They are telling me, yeah, I want to read the whole thing. Pull the card from three different decks. One is a fairy tale deck, the archetypes deck, and a photographic uh, tarot deck. The images are so beautiful, and the three combined are filled with pinks and reds and are telling me, settle into the joy of your own delight in stories, your ancestral inheritance, especially around stories. Gales are legendary tellers and stay with the overflowing heart of beauty I'm orienting towards. Beautiful. Alex. Um, so I found a couple of things. Um, one is this book, it's called Talking Back by Bell Hooks. And I mean, I already knew when you asked the question, because like, I really struggle with being able to share my voice. Um, and I guess I'm just not really sure how to break that cycle. I mean, I try to do that. I'm doing that now. So, but like, it's just a never ending, like, I don't know, cycle, it feels like. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, at the end of the call a ritual, like how we can each do a ritual. So I'll weave that in. But um, first, I just want to acknowledge like the beauty of knowing this is my threshold and this is my work. And this is, I don't know what the practice is or how to get through it, but like, this is, this is what's up. So yeah, you've already arrived at, um, you've already arrived at the threshold. <laughs> and I think starting with just, I'm willing, like I'm willing, I'm willing to move through this threshold and I'm open to I'm open to discovering what that's going to take. Um, so I know that's not super concrete and I'm happy to support you with discovering like, what are your ways of moving through that? And also I think ritual is really powerful. I know ritual can be really powerful as a piece to weave in. And I just want to honor and acknowledge um, this threshold that you are at and that you are moving through around your voice and your wisdom and sharing your voice and sharing your wisdom. And thank you to Bell Hooks. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Love. Um, the words that are coming are, um, I'll get there, I'm getting there. I'll get there, I'm getting there. Yeah, and this, this my threshold, I've been walking through this one for a couple of years and it's still here. And also it's like, okay, don't turn away from the work. This is the work, keep orienting towards it. And, um, and like progress is progress too. You know, like progress is progress. Okay. 
uh, Megan, I can unmute you. <laughs> I realize I might be the only person that can't, doesn't know how to raise my hand in Zoom at this point, but I feel oddly like excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I won't tell you. <laughs> or I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, tell me later. <laughs> um, well, the first thing I did was I laid down and just wanted to kind of let messages come in and I felt that I went into a deeply restful state which as much as I would love to um, kind of fight against the fact that I still need rest you know it was just very clear that that is um, something that is really important in this in this process and then the cards I or the things I was attracted to um I have a picture, a picture of myself as a little girl and I had a pretty crazy childhood. So I felt immediately gravitated towards that picture of me as a, and it's like the picture of me. I'm pretty scared or not scared, but I can show you. I'm just like, what is this world? Mm. <laughs> um, and then a, a drawing that my husband did for me. Um, and then the cards I pulled. You froze. Oh gosh, maybe it's me. Am I frozen? No, I'm not frozen. Megan's frozen. Okay. I want to hear what you're saying, Megan, but I'll chat you. Come, come back to us. All right. So I'm going to move us to the next piece and folks can share and chat. Um, The thing that I want to explore really briefly with all of you is that I often see that there is a deep symmetry between the work that is here for us at this threshold, the medicine that is here for us at this threshold, and the work that we do in the world. And some of it can be... Um, How do I wanna say this? When I say a deep symmetry, here's what I mean. Um, my friend Kavita gave me permission to use her as an example that um, she works with women to um, cultivate like deep loving relationships in their lives. And um, Basically, like her way of doing that is like the gift is like love. I want women to experience like deep soul level love through like fully being themselves, like who they are, no hiding, no pretending, just being fully who they are. And then in her relationship with her work, what she kept doing was like 
How do I be who they want me to be? How do I say, what do people want? What are they that about? Should I create this or that? What do, what does the market want? Surveys upon surveys upon surveys. And I was like, you're doing the thing that you don't want them to do. You want them to like be fully expressed and fully themselves. And you're like, how do I twist myself into a pretzel in order to be chosen? Which is exactly what if a woman came to you and said, like, I'm twisting myself into be a pretzel. Wow. What should I text back? You know, she'd be like the truth, <laughs> you know, the thing you're really feeling, the thing you really want, the thing you want to say. But she was doing the like, what do I like twisting herself into a pretzel? I think you get what I'm trying to say. Um, there's a piece for me where I'm this stand for belonging and I can, I'd like to busy myself and am busying myself with creating counsel and, um, supporting people in a way that cultivates a deeper sense of belonging with their work with the unseen world, with one another. And like, I trust that that belonging, like the belonging is something and that really, I do work around that. And then belonging in connection with counsel, like my work is an extension and different facets of those things speak to different facets of my work. But when I sit with what my medicine is at this time, which is like including me actually, belonging to me, I see how like there's, this is where my integrity gap is, right? Then what the work for me of belonging also to me, of caring for me too, is an important key to how I be in greater integrity and alignment with my work and what I'm actually here for. I'm not here for like belonging by fitting in. <laughs> That's not what I'm about or belonging by making it good for everyone else, but like by longing by like through actual inclusion. Um, so I guess what I want to sit with is just an open-ended inquiry. If you can see it of any of the ways that this medicine for you at this time is mirroring your work is there's a symmetry with that in your work. Another question around this is like, how is this a matter of integrity or alignment with your work? So let's just take a minute and like explore that terrain a bit.
And of course, there's not one right answer here, right? There can be many facets to how this is connected. more minute here. Right. And so one more exploration to sit with is just circling back to your message. And noticing if when you consider your sacred medicine, right, this threshold that you're at, does that shape, inform, add dimension to your message at all. So I'm going to give you an example. So mine was when women gather in council and cultivate a deep sense of belonging, the clarity that emerges deeply serves the collective. And then taking in my sacred medicine, I realized there's more to it. <laughs> when women gather in council and cultivate a deep sense of belonging, with others, including the unseen world and their ancestors and themselves, the clarity that emerges deeply serves the collective. It just expanded the picture to me of what cultivating belonging meant and means to me. So we'll just take a minute here and see without putting any pressure on it, just Noticing if there's a way that your, your medicine, this threshold for you adds dimension, adds color, adds gravity, meaning something to your message.
So I'm going to speak into our homework and then we'll go into Q&A and see if there's anything else here. So of course, anything that we've been working on already, you're welcome to continue. Um, anointing, working with the altar, communing with the soul of your work, um, you know, immersing yourself in your remembering collection. I've been listening to mine in the car, <laughs> tending to your personal space, right? all of these things. Um, also, just playing with these questions, playing with the message, playing with what enlivens you, playing with what you notice as you sit with it, you know, sit with the words, feel the words, feel where they resonate. Um, those pieces, right? Next is really tending to this threshold. So Alex brought this beautiful question like, okay, so how? Like, what do I do to move through this? And I would say like, First, just holding this real awareness, like this is the work. I'm going to turn towards it. I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm going to be with it. And threshold tending is interesting work because it's so going to be different for each of us, right? Like for someone, it might be like, I'm going to start going to therapy and working on this pattern. For someone else, it's like, I'm going to do this ritual. Maybe it's both, right? Um, I'm going to have a conversation with my beloved about this and share about what's coming up for me. Um, I'm going to practice doing this thing that feels terrifying. You know, I'm going to inform my parents that I'm going to be writing about, <laughs> you know, what I think nourishing parenting could, how it could shift things. And it might bring stuff up for them, but I'm going to inform them, right? So tending this threshold can look different for each of us. And I'm so here in the Facebook group to explore what that might look like for you and offer reflections or suggestions, because I think it's so unique for each of us. But the main thing is like tending this threshold, you know, like tending to it, doing this work. And then for each of us, I want to invite us to create and do a ritual that, um, and to me, a ritual, um, specifically what I mean in this context is like a singular experience, generally using an element like fire or water or earth or wind or a blend of the elements to symbolize this stepping over the threshold, right? It's a symbolic act and also a meaningful act. So I'm going to share mine because I just came up with my ritual yesterday. Um, so a little storytelling time. So I mentioned that my threshold, my medicine is around what is this one, Nisha? What do I need? What works for me? What does this body need? You know, what do I have the energy for? What do I actually want here? Who am I honoring of my own medicine? And the biggest thing that comes up for me because of my childhood is 
um, well, because of my whole life, including my childhood, the thing that really comes up for me is like, what will they think? Will they be okay? Will they like it? Will I be liked? Will I still belong? So again, it comes back to my wounding around belonging, which is like, hello, why I want the gift. It's all connected. So I thought, okay, what's a ritual? I felt like fire was the thing. And then I had this idea, you know, when you buy candles that you can buy candles and there are two candles connected on the same wick that I would light the connected wick of the candle and let them burn apart into two separate candles. And I would keep one in my house and I would take the other one outside and leave it burning somewhere safe outside. And I'm not going to tend that candle. I'm going to let it burn. I'm going to let it, the rain fall on it. I'm going to let whatever happens to it happen outside. I know that I'm good at tending to other people's experience, but what I need to practice is tending to mine too. So I'm going to tend to the candle that stays inside and differentiate from these two candles. This is the me candle. That is the you candle. The you candle is for you to tend. The me candle is for me to tend. Um, yeah, and I could like wax poetic on how like I actually do care about the collective and it's not about the individual and blah, 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 blah. But like my medicine of this time is to include me and consider, you know, this one, the medicine here, what's, what's important for me. So, um, yeah, like I would invite us all to, to consider what is a ritual that might symbolic, might symbolize and signify and mark this thrust crossing of the threshold for me. Um, you know, a singular act or a singular experience. There's not a way to do this wrong other than maybe like accidentally burning the house down if you don't pay attention to your candle, but like, we're not going to do that. So <laughs> there's not a way to do this wrong. <laughs> Just do it. And um, yeah, I, I think if, if any of us have grown up in cultures or in families where um, ritual maybe wasn't such a, a part of an intentional aspect of like creating a sacred life or marking initiations and initiatory thresholds, um, there can be a like, I want to do it right and I might do it wrong. And I really want to like, you know, kind of like the kid that holds up the art and they're like, what do you think? You know, is it, is it nice? Like, let's give ourselves all the grace to be like, oh, I'm going to infuse this ritual with my intent, my intent to signify a crossing of this threshold, you know, my desire to cross my willingness and my intent and like, let that be the potency of the ritual as much as like, the beauty and the fire and whatever else you add, it's like the intent, let that be the fuel and the potency for it. So tend your threshold, keep simmering with and exploring your message and then craft a ritual for yourself. And I'm going to open it up to Q&A and see if there are any, if anyone wants to share, if there are questions percolating.
Maybe you have a ritual idea you want to share with us. What you got? I know we've been zooming for a long time too, and there's a lot percolating. So I'm also happy to be in the Facebook group with all of this stuff. Yeah, Michelle. Okay, I don't have a ritual yet. Um, but um, it's interesting because now that you've shared your messaging and it's like very similar to mine, I'm like make trying to make sure I'm like here, you yes. know? <laughs> um, the card that I pulled was, if I can show it here. And uh, the message I got was self-care and taking up space. And um, yeah, I feel like I've been working on doing all the things like habits and things like that. Um, but I don't I really, I'm kind of like drawing a blank when it comes to a ritual. Mm. Um, if you took self-care to the edge, like what, where is that edgy for you? Where does self-care become not just like things to do, which matter, but like, is there a place that that gets edgy? Like that's mm -hmm. not okay. Or that's too much, or that's too much to ask for, or. Uh, one of the things I always come back around to is time. Um, that I tend to have the slowest pace of anyone I know. Um, and that requesting even more time than I already have. That feels edgy. Like to do things that are just completely not, you know, productive. And I know that they're great to do. Like. I don't know, arts and crafts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, something to play with is, um, can I just give you a little intuitive hit on this one? Please. Yeah. So You know, when, when folks gift is belonging, often the thing is like um, some version of like being centered or taking up space or having needs, being needy. Um, yeah, so what's what was just intuitively coming up for me is like, is there an edge around neediness, being needy mm -hmm. um, for you at all? Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> we're getting, there's, we're getting somewhere. So it's like, is there something, well, first of all, part of tending that threshold might be practicing 
doing edging into needy territory. Like, oh, I'm going to ask my partner to like rub my feet, but I don't want to rub theirs back. I do that all the time. (laughs) Keep going. Um, (laughs) But like, is there, if it's edgy, if being needy is edgy, or I'm going to like tend this threshold by like doing an entire day of whatever I want and just following my whim. Yeah. And none of it being productive, you know? Um, So playing with it, like sacred theater, even, you know, turning it into sacred to this threshold, tending into the sacred theater of like, okay, if this is, if this is it, like the vanilla version is like, okay, I'm going to like, brush my teeth every day. Like I said, I would, but like the extra version is like, oh, I'm going to luxuriate. I'm going to tend this threshold by like, you know, luxuriating in this, or I would just play with this inquiry a little bit of like, what would be, what would expand your edges, push your edges lovingly around this. Yeah. And as a ritual, um, just have this image of you um, laying on the earth and like some sort of womb-like cocoon situation on the earth, like being really held by the earth in the dirt flowers or something around you. Like, I don't know if this resonant, but what is a ritual that could let almost imagine you're creating it for a child. This is helpful for anyone, by the way, if you're considering ritual, like what is a ritual just as a consideration that if we wanted to let a child in the community know that they, them taking up space, their needs really matter to us. What ritual might we construct to let them have that experience of taking up space and of having needs and being needy. Um, I think I got something. Okay, cool. Um, So when you were saying needy, that does resonate, but what's been like the flavor of that recently is being um, hypersensitive highly sensitive and um when you first said ritual something about um my plants came up but I was like no that I don't get it (laughs) um so when you said um being kind of surrounded I thought of like creating like a little womb if you will like surrounding myself with like pillows and all of our plants and just like there's something for me around like being with my, engaging with my senses. So. Great. So good. Beautiful. Like all these little things that we get that we're like, what do I do with this? Like go with them, see what happens. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, Alianka. 
Hi. Um, I was having some trouble today, but and like I felt like everything that I was coming up with, I was like, is that true? Are you sure about that? Like I just felt very suspicious of myself in <laughs> in the process. But I think when you said something of along the lines of like, what's my wound? Oh, right, belonging, da-da-da. I was like, oh, oh, right, I my wound. Got it. I know what that is, is that like, I think there's something deeply wrong with me. And I think a lot of my work is like helping people see that there's something deeply right with them and like creating from that space. Oh, I feel hot. Um, so that is exciting to even be able to like articulate that. And um, I think one place where I would love a little bit of support is when I, when I was writing out my, um, like when, when these people do this, da, 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 these people, I don't know who they are <laughs> in the sense that like I wrote artists and I do love working with artists, but it's not like only artists. And I love working with creators, but it's not only creators. And what else did I write? Seekers, but it's not only seekers. It's not only spiritual. I don't, I'm, it's like, I don't really know how to describe the essence of my people. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're like light workers, but that feels like so jargony to me. Um, and I don't know how to like, I don't know how to classify them in language. Yeah. Um, do you have a feeling for who your people are? Like if you didn't classify them with language? Oh, wait, what do you mean? Like, do you have like, a, if I said like your people, you know, your people, like the people that you really want to serve, yeah. do you have like a sense, a feeling for them? Like I know them when I, when I'm in front yeah, of them. Yeah, it's like they're colorful. I don't know. It's like they're bright to me. Uh -huh. They're like, um, I don't know. I just like, I do know that feeling though. It's like, like I oh, wonder you're if my you just wrote my people mm. <laughs> for now. Yeah. And didn't have mm. to classify, oh, they're this or they're that or they're, but, you know, or even just people. Like for now, it can also just be people. Because if the truth lands for you and it feels like, oh, yeah, that's true. When people have this experience and that is enough for you right now, I think that's great. You can just say people. And when you start exploring like who you're creating for, which by the way, sometimes we create different offerings for different folks. Yeah. So we don't have to get like narrow, you know, we're not, we're not niching or whatever it's called. Niching, niching. <laughs> we're not doing that thing. Um, so if you just want to say people, you can just say people. And, and then as you're creating specific things, for people, you can decide who specifically you're creating mm -hmm. for, you know, and I also think like the whole marketing, conventional marketing world has like really put us in a lot of, painted us into a lot of corners that I think we could bust out of. Um, and what do I want to say about that? Like when I think about, yeah, mostly I work with women, but that could change. I'm really open to that changing, actually. I actually feel like that change might be coming. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I'm not quite ready yet, but I feel like <laughs> it might be coming. But even when it does, I know that the people I work with give a shit about the future. I know that the people that I that I'm for like supporting actually deeply want the liberation of all beings. I I know that they like don't want to be operating from like a sense of like hierarchy. Mm. So I know those things are true about my people. Whether they like are stay-at-home parents or you know artists or CEO whatever like all the things that they do I know that those things are true about my people so I could just say like deeply caring people and that could sum it up you know because like those are my people so I know I'm 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 some in some ways like speaking in contradictions like oh who is it for oh you can just say people <laughs> but at the at the end of the day what's most important to me is like that it feels resonant for you and like lands with a in your body like a a sense of gravity a sense of yes a sense of resonance for you I think that again so much marketing is about like how do we create resonance with other people and I'm like well that starts here I am a person that is the one doing the speaking and the one doing the inviting. It has to start here. The one doing the creating, it starts here. Resonance starts here with me. Um, yeah. And I also just wanted to say, I love that the, the aha came for you right at the end. Yeah. I'm going through this whole process. And I also recognize like, this is a meandering exploration. So I'm guiding people and I'm guiding you all in one way. And also you find the way that works for you. If like halfway through something sparked that helped you make sense of something at the big, great. Don't take my word for it. I trust your, your sense-making and unfolding path with it. So, yeah. Thanks, Nisha. Yeah, thanks, Aliyank. All right. Anyone else want to share? So great to be with you all. I would love to um, jam with you in the Facebook group if you want to share about your rituals or what you're doing in the way of threshold tending, what's coming up around messaging. This probably was like two sessions and one. So I'm feeling the like, whoa, it was a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm happy to to be in this in this journey and this unfolding with you. Thank you for being here. Wishing you all a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye everyone. Lots of peanut M&Ms, nice. <laughs>